Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Happy Monday, everyone. We are so excited for our live show today because this is the first time that we are simulcasting and we're actually in three places. First of all, we're streaming live audibly on blog talk radio, and then you can join us by phone there and we'll give you the number for that in just a minute. But we're also on Facebook and today for the first time, we're also live on YouTube. So if you're watching on Facebook and you're thinking, hey, I want to see what it's like over there on YouTube, then you can head on over youtube.com slash marriage helper, join our live stream and be sure when you get there to subscribe to our YouTube channel and be one of the next less than 5,000 people that we need to hit our 50,000 subscriber mark on YouTube, which is super, super exciting. I'm excited. Are you Joe? I'm always excited. Hi, in case you didn't know, I'm Dr. Joe Bean. So welcome to the you who are listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube. And if you were trying to figure out what this program is, let's tell you what we do here. On this program, we try to answer questions as best we can that you have about relationships. Now, a lot of people ask us questions having to do with marriages and marriages that are in trouble. But we would like to talk to you about any question you have about any aspects of relationship, parenting, whatever else it might be. That's why we're here. And if you want to talk to us on the phone, what you do is you dial 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. And as soon as you hear the answer, unless you're just calling to listen on Block Talk, and as soon as you hear an answer, press 1. That puts you in the queue for the call screener. And then we'll do our best to uh, get to you and answer your questions as many as we possibly can during this broadcast. Absolutely. You know, Joe, you said that we talk about many different relationships, probably since people see the, the name Marriage Helper, it typically centers around all of the marriage questions that people have. But just like you said, you're right. We do a lot of times people and probably one of the first callers that, that we'll go to, there are questions that involve kids, involve parenting. And, you know, Joe, yesterday, we were just talking about this off air at church. My son was, we had a baby dedication for our older daughter and our younger son. We got up on stage. My youngest son turned into, I don't even know what to, how, what would you describe? To a typical two-year-old toddler. Running around the entire church, the whole sanctuary. What advice would you have given me in that moment? Let him run. Let him run. There was no controlling him. By the way, also, because we have all new viewers, many new viewers joining us, this is Kimberly Holmes. Kimberly is the CEO of our organization. And so she and I together will do our best to answer the questions for you today. Yes, we will. And before we get to that first caller, just a lot of times, just a tidbit of, I think, wisdom that Joe just shared that could get lost is a lot of times we want to try and control another person or a situation in order for it to be what we want it to be. When a lot of times, there's no need to just there's a there's a need to step back and just let things happen without trying to control without trying to get involved and i think that it that view of life is something that we could probably implement in many areas of our lives 
when we try to control everything. And often it's a matter of judgment. You mm-hmm. typically wouldn't let a two-year-old run wherever a two-year-old wants to run. But in a particular environment we were in yesterday, there was no danger was safe. to that. Mm-hmm. It was safe. Okay. Well, our first caller today is John from Canada. John, can you hear us okay? Yes. Can you hear me as well? We can. How can we help you today? So I kind of got, uh, we've been texting back and forth. We've been separated for about a year. And uh, I applied for child support because our son needs it. And uh, she sent me back a message saying I probably won't have enough money for food if that happens. So I kind of sent her a message saying, uh, I do not want this divorce, but I still wish we could work things out. Mm -hmm. Since you don't feel the same way towards our relationship and are determined to continue pursuing the divorce, I need to make sure things are financially balanced for our son. To have a stable mm-hmm. home in both locations is not something that I've decided to do lightly as I've tried to avoid it over and over. This doesn't seem to be any chance to change the course that you've set forth. Due to that, I need to focus on my future with our son and make sure that things are stable as possible for him. If our financial mm-hmm. situation changes in the future, I will not fight you if you want to re- reassess how things are split as I truly do want consistency for our son. And that is my only motivation. What is mm-hmm. the use and what would you recommend? I know it's, it, it is and isn't smart contact, but it's also acceptance. So I've kind of accepted the situation. But everything since then, she's been angry about doesn't matter. Like she got a speeding ticket with one of the vehicles and I got it in the mail. She got kind of upset and angry about this and doesn't really matter what it is. It's just anger and it seems like money's a thrive for all this stuff. So how could I communicate with us even about our son? Man, I, I need me to make sure I understand something here. You're asking her for child support, not the other way around. Is that correct? Yes, I'm asking her because it's like a sixty, seventy thousand dollar difference because I changed careers. I used to work out of town, and now I work in town. Okay, and I'm assuming that you have done this through the legal uh, courts there in Canada. That you have asked for that that way. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Okay, and she's angry because you've asked for it. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So I understand the situation. Now, what is the specific question then that has to go with the situation? What specifically you're asking, my friend? So how long is this anger going to be? Because it's been on now starting to go on week two. No matter what I talk about, it's just like anger or you're trying to uh, take child support from me. You're screwing up my life. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, how could I respond to that? It's better not to respond at all to these things. Well, it sounds to me like you've been very wise in what you've done so far, because what I heard you say is, and, and I'm pretty sure I heard it clearly, you said that you've let her know that you don't want the divorce. You'd like to work things out if at all possible, but that you're going to do what you think is best for the child. When we think about yes. whether or not a person can put a marriage back together, or whether a couple, I should say, can put a marriage back together, we talk about pulls and pushes. And there are other things we'll talk about as we go through the program that can help pull a person back toward you. And what we recommend is that you don't do the things that push the other person away from you unless that's something that you need to do for a specific reason. And what I'm hearing you say is that you are doing what she has perceived as a push because you've said you make sixty, seventy thousand dollars more than I do a year. Therefore, I need you to help me, and so that that our children—I don't know if you said child or children—but so that our, Just our child. children, okay, that our child can have the same thing when with you as with me. And so we suggest that people don't do pushes unless 
there is a reason to do that, Bush. And this certainly sounds to me like a reasonable motivation because you want to make sure the child has what he needs or she needs to have, and that's a good thing. Now, if you're asking how long would she be angry, understand that anger is primarily in pain. People, when they don't get what they want, feel a kind of pain from that. Like, this is what I expected it to be like. This was my anticipation. And now that's not happening. And so that's that's aggravating me. And as you said, it can be aimed toward you, even if you have nothing to do with it, like the ticket that came. So how long will this last? There's no way to know. It might be rather temporary. And it might last longer than that. But I'm assuming that her anger is based on the fact that she's not getting what she wanted. And because she's not getting what she wanted, she's mad. But you're not going to back off because you're doing what you believe is best for the child, right? Oh, 100%. He needs consistency in his life. Okay. And so since you're not going to back off, I don't know why that uh, you should let yourself be too over-concerned about her anger. Because it's like, okay, if the way to placate that, if the way to make her less angry is to back off from the child support, but you're not going to do that. Therefore, this is the consequence. This is what's happening because of your actions. But it's for a good reason. It's worthwhile. It makes sense. Yes, it is a push, but it's a push that makes sense. Does that mean that there's no possibility of ever putting the marriage back together? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that she's really aggravated about this right now. But it could get better. As a matter of fact, it probably will get better with time. I just can't guarantee you that because I don't know her. But um, if you're saying how long, I don't know how long. If you're saying you guys think it makes sense that I did what I did, it makes sense to me. What about you, Kimberly? I would agree. It's, it's, you're never going to go wrong thinking about the well-being of the child. You have to, you absolutely have to do that. So if it goes through a divorce, Mm -hmm. I'm hearing a lot of people say two years after a divorce, usually when people kind of realize, you know, the grass isn't greener on the other side or however that kind of little saying goes, do you see stuff like that happen quite often through divorces? Yes, but I don't know anything about a two year period. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that before. But yes, we see people who finally look around and go, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You see, people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it is, but it means they believe it is. And so when they finally realize this isn't better, that's when they'll look back toward you. And that's when we teach things like, okay, work on the things that we would call the pulls, the things that would attract the person back to you. And, and there's a whole mm-hmm. lot of things that we teach about that. Uh, so if you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, you can see a lot of articles yep. and things there. There's also a lot of videos on YouTube, and it can help you work on those pulls. But I don't, I don't know that the two-year number makes much sense. But, yes, when people realize it's not what they think, that's when they tend to reconsider mm-hmm. things. Yes. Would you agree, Kimberly? I would agree. Okay. So even trying to do smart contact about our son, just saying, hey, our son has a bruise because daycare kid hit him with a car. She won't even respond to this for like four or five days later and be like, don't talk to me. Yeah. How do you respond well, to that? <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, don't. I mean, you passed on the information that she mm-hmm. needed to have as the mother, and I wouldn't respond to any snarky comment that she makes back or doesn't make back. Right. You still do what you believe is the right thing to do, no matter how she acts. Right. Okay. So, so thank you very much for calling us there. And we're going to go into our next caller, and this is down in Karen. Uh, Karen, it's down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi, Karen. How may we help you today? Hi. Um, 
my husband is in a long-distance emotional affair um, with a woman who's in another country, and he has seen her twice. Um, I I know now, I've been following you since I actually like two days after I discovered the affair back in November, and I've been Mm -hmm. implementing your principles. Everything that you have said would happen has happened. Um, you guys are great. And I, and I'm really, I am really, really so blessed that I found you. Um, well, thank you. my question, my question is with the long distance affairs, it lasts longer. And I, I understand that right now it's going on about 18 months. She's a married Christian woman. He's a married Christian man. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of morality pull and push and, mm-hmm. um, she, he, even like when I found out about it, he was definitely in phase two. And I, I see that now. And that was back in November. Um, but it almost feels like my responses because of everything that you've advised. And he and I were very, we're, we're really good friends. And so you had said to one of your callers, were, were they pushed out of the relationship or were they pulled out? And she definitely pulled him out. So ever since he and I have been, best friends. We've communicated. He stopped vilifying me. Um, He's very tender and gentle and loving in text. He says, I love you. He says, be patient. Um, But it feels like phase three has lasted forever. And she's about to come back in a couple of weeks. So the second, the first time she came, he was definitely phase two. The second time she came, he like shot up but then went on, it was like he crashed right afterwards and was drinking and just, you know, he came, he came straight to me the day she flew home and he stayed with me for a week and a half. And, and now he's, it's like she's coming again in a couple of weeks and I'm anticipating that it's going to shoot back up to two when they get in one another's company. But it's like, I'm trying really hard not to get anxious about it and maintain the smart contact but he's wanting to open up to me more. He's calling me and confessing so much more of how sorry he is that he's done this to me. And he, he's waiting on God to reveal to him what he should do, which mm. I, I, I had to be very careful not to respond to, but, mm-hmm. um, so, so how my, can we help you? What, what's your specific question? Mm-hmm. I know that typically the long distance affairs last, longer and we're 18 months in and I and I understand that we can't predict this but I almost feel like uh, like is it typical that that it dissipates or will there just be like a turnaround I guess you know because I I'm trying to do everything I know to do based on the principles that you've recommended Mm -hmm. based on his behavior but Mm -hmm. I also need a little bit of hope I guess because it it feels like we've been in phase three forever um, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding what, what is your specific question? How can we help you? My, my specific question is, um, can you tell with long distance emotional affairs, like when phase three, when it's really phase three, or if it's a dip in phase two that you've talked about? I don't, there's no way on earth anybody can know what phase anybody's in. The reason I teach about the phases is because of the fact that it helps people see that it's not linear, that it actually has a path, but it's an arc. And that even in an arc, it's not linear. It's like all over the place. 
And so that's why I teach about the phases. But when somebody asks me, is this phase two? Is this phase three? Is this phase one? My response always is, I don't know. And if you were to ask your husband. May, maybe I can you ask you more. I, 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 have a, I have a specific question now. I do. Okay. Can right. they go back to two and stay there for a really long time? Is that typical? Or, or is, it, is it phase three with like moments of phase two? There's no way I can answer that question because I don't know your husband. Yeah. Is the people sometimes yeah. move from one phase back to the previous phase? The answer is yes. Is it possible that a person might go back to that phase and last longer? The answer is yes, it's possible. But then anything is possible. So I still have no way to answer the question. Do you have any way to answer that question, Kimber? No, but I was reading over this weekend, I was reading some different research studies and things, and they were saying how people, when they're going through suffering, if they have a why, if they can understand why it's happening, it can be easier for them to go through it. And so as I'm listening to Karen talk and ask you questions, I'm wondering, Karen, if that's kind of where you are, if you're just wanting to know a why, like, why is this happening? What's going on behind it? Because from mine and Joe's point of view, we're sitting here and from our side, we're like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what stage yeah. she's in. Because the things that you do don't change. And if you're just looking right. for that why so that you can handle it a little better to get, to get you through the next set <laughs> amount of time that, that's unknown, then yeah. I completely understand that. But I don't know that you're ever really going to understand the why. It's, is it, does it happen? Absolutely. Do people go back and forth? Absolutely. Do we know what your husband's doing? Absolutely not. But you're not alone in what you're going through. There's many other women who are experiencing this, who have experienced this, who are going through it. Is there still hope yeah. for your situation? Absolutely. The only thing but he that he's not really showing, he's not really showing the the the, the phases, the signs of phase two, like the vilification and not wanting to talk to me. And it's right. like he gravitates more to me when when she was here the last time he was sneaking off to text me and call me and he kept telling me that he loved me and he didn't, you know, just to please don't give up on him. So it's, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to, I'm just trying to respond the best I know how with um, the guidance that you have given me. Well, I think Kimberly's actually mentioned it. It's like you do the same things. Mm -hmm. You do right. those things. And by the way, there are many people that go through limerence that never do vilification, right. never do writing, rewriting history. When we talk about it, we talk about the generalities, what may happen, not necessarily that this is a sign of this mm -hmm. and this is a sign of that. But what she's saying is absolutely true. What you do, and we'll say it again because you said it very well. This isn't how I said it before. I don't remember what you said. You focus on you. I mean, that's the first thing you do. You, instead of wrapping your mind up in, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Where are they? If that is what your focus is, then your end goal is, it, it just makes it so much harder because you're focusing all of your happiness, your contentment, the way that you feel like things are going based on another person, which you have no control over. The only thing that you can do is control what you're doing, working on your pies, the things that we talk about, doing the smart contact, all of those things that we teach and figuring out how you define success. Success may not be, and I'm not saying this for Karen, but in general, is it a success if your spouse ends up coming back, but you end up having a terrible marriage, you haven't set any boundaries and things go back to the way they used to be, but your marriage is back together? 
Or could it also be a success that maybe you do everything right? You're focusing on your pies. You know you've done everything that you need to do, and your marriage still ends. Is that a failure? No. No, not necessarily. So ideally, we want the marriage to come back together. We've done everything we can, and it turns out to be a better marriage than before. But my encouragement to to so many people that I talk to is – redefine what you define as success. Is it that, is it just that your husband's responding to your text messages or is it that you're becoming a better person? You're able to deal with the anxiety better. You're able to handle the situation no matter what the circumstances around you are. I see that as a better success. Well, we always think putting the marriage back together is a goal because that's why we exist. That's the ideal. And so don't misunderstand. And Mm -hmm. what Kimberly's saying is, you, you put measurements to that of what's most important to me here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because if, like, for example, um, if your spouse disrespects you, treats you terribly, and abuses you emotionally, mm-hmm. and you put the marriage back together, but that doesn't get any better, right? was that a success? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. And so from Florida, we go to Illinois and to another Karen. Hi, Karen. How may we help you? Hi. Um, I just found out three months ago that my husband was in an emotional relationship mm-hmm. and um, he he had lost his job uh, three years ago and he had been there over 20 years and getting very <laughs> depressed. Um, he started a new job and was thrown into a bad situation of being a doomsayer, having to let all people go, budget cuts. And that made him even more depressed. And he turned to a coworker for uh, help. Mm-hmm. And in turn, they are in an emotional relationship now. So I, mm-hmm. this happened a year ago, and I found out about it uh, three months ago. And now he says it's about him. Um, he's depressed. He has to figure out why he's depressed, why he did what he did before he thinks about our marriage. And in the meantime, I have to sit back and wait and hurt and have all these unanswered questions. I almost felt it was a limerick state because he cut me off. He detached from me. He almost said negative things a lot, just little digs all the time, which hurt. And he doesn't see that he did that. Uh, He says the reason he stepped out of our marriage is because I was not submissive enough to him throughout our lifetime, which we've been married for over 25 years. Hmm. Well, that's his excuse to me for what he did. But he uh, says it's about him until he figures himself out. I uh, thought I had him talking to go in one of your classes for your three-day course that mm-hmm. you have. Well, mm-hmm. now he's uh, said his, he's only seen a counselor three times, which I forced him to go. And uh, she says it's not time for him to think about marriage. He has to think about himself. I didn't know if the class helped would help him be more aware of his personal issues, what he's going with, or where I should where I should start, where should I push uh, being a marriage counselor. Kimberly actually was um, a great deal of the way through her degree in marriage counseling, marriage and family therapy, and a master's, and changed over to psychology. I'd love to hear your response to this question. Oh, me. So, well, Karen, um, the so my response is I don't think the counselor should get to make the decision of what your husband gets to do or not to do because um, there's just so much there's just so much going on here. To answer your question. Our workshop 
would be incredibly beneficial to your husband personally, on a personal level. The majority of what our workshop teaches gives a great deal of introspection into a person. People leave all the time who didn't want to come and say, I learned more about myself than I ever have in my life. I understand why I've done the things that I've done, why I feel the things that I'm feeling. And they get more insight out of that, which is why many counselors refer their people to us because they know that during that three days, we are going to be able to teach and give a ground layer of understanding that would take counselors have told us nine months to be able to accomplish that same amount of movement if they were just going to counseling. And so when we hear things like counselors telling people, you don't need to focus on the marriage. You only need to focus on yourself. All it does is give your husband a cop out. If that's what the husband said to your counselor, or if that is actually what the counselor said to your husband and he's not just hearing it the way he wants to hear it, it ends up just giving, just giving a cop out. And so, you know, we recommend absolutely a counselor who knows our workshop would absolutely recommend your husband in that kind of situation to, to attend our workshop. Um, I don't know if that's what you expected me to say, <laughs> but that, no, is... that is, that is helpful. I, I, I do feel like I need to push him more, but uh, he, he says, I'm not taking ownership in my part of what happened. But even after he lost his job, he was still, we had sex. He still loved me. He still acted like it. But then when he took on this new job and is around this other person, that's when I saw the big difference. But he's blaming me, and he's allowing that to be his excuse for what he did. And he said this because you were not submissive? Is that what he said? Yeah. I had three kids in four years, and no, I was not a submissive wife. Um, I nursed all three. Uh, then I started having a lot of female problems and ultimately ended up having a hysterectomy. And, uh, but what does so, he mean yeah, when he says you were not submissive? What's he talking about? He wanted to have sex more. And okay. I just said, so I actually turned him away. Okay. He wanted to have sex more, but you had um, physical problems and therefore you were denying the sexual contact yes. because of your physical yeah. ailments. Don't you think that's reasonable? Right. Uh, do you yeah, think it's reasonable? I do. Yeah, okay. I do. And I, I should have been more submissive to him, but I I did not meet his needs. I uh, I went through part of the depression, and, you know, it, okay. I, I told him I should have done a lot better, and I do I do own that. Okay. I allowed my personal problems to become more of a forefront than his. Okay. Were you saying that his that he was being reasonable or she was being reasonable? I'm saying that if you deny sexual activity because of the fact that you are dealing with depression or you're dealing with a physical malady, right. then that's very reasonable. Right. And and so if a husband or a wife is demanding, I need you to fulfill me sexually when the other person can't. can't right. And it's not because they're refusing, like I'm refusing you. It's like, mm-hmm. I have a problem that I need to deal with. Yeah, I think she heard it the other way. Oh, I see. So yeah. I wanted to, because I didn't think that's how you were asking it. That no, wouldn't, that's not, well, thank you that for doesn't sound like that. you. <laughs> I really didn't mean to. And so the bottom line here is, is, I think the question you were asking is, okay, what do you do while he's figuring himself out? You don't have to be in pull of anxiety and worry and thinking, oh, my goodness, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. There's some things that you can do, and we teach those on our website. We teach those in our programs and et cetera, mm-hmm. and we recommend that you do those things. But please don't hold on you the full responsibility for putting this back together. Right. This is where two people have to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. He has to work on himself, and you work on yourself. And mm-hmm. so you've admitted 
this is where I think I've let you down. That's a good thing to do, mm-hmm. but don't take full responsibility for what's happening here. Because if you do, you're going to wind up thinking that you're useless, that you're no good, that you're unlovely or unlovable. And that's the worst thing you can do is start thinking of yourself as being I'm the problem here. Yeah. And another quick thing to note, and this is good for anyone listening, is don't send your spouse to a marriage counselor that is going to end up doing the opposite of what you're wanting to happen. And it's, I mean, a lot of times you can't control that. You can't know, you can't, I mean, but just understand that there are pros and cons to counseling and that not every marriage counselor is pro-marriage. Not every marriage counselor is going to see things the way that we at Marriage Helpers see things, maybe the way that you see things. Um, And so just be sure that before you ask your spouse to do anything to get help for your marriage, that you are confident of that source and that you are confident that it's going to be good for your marriage beforehand. I mean, if you're Husband's going to go see an individual counselor just to work on his issues. That's one thing. But if they're going to start giving advice about the marriage, just vet that. Yeah, before. before Beforehand. If at all possible. Beforehand. And so now we're going to Oregon to Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How may we help you today? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You're Um, welcome. My husband of almost 11 years, our anniversary is on Friday. Um. He filed for divorce and left me and our four kids about six weeks ago. Mm. And um, still kind of going through the initial grief of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just wondering, he's very angry, won't speak to me, um, tells me I can only text or email him, and then often doesn't respond to any of that. Mm. Um, and I'm just wondering how to, in a productive way and to not push away how to get those conversations how to have them answer some of those things such regarding the kids or financial provision because he's not providing financially at all um, I'm a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm kind of walking on eggshells because I don't want to push him farther away but I also mm-hmm. don't know how to kind of stand up to those practical things in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. While in general, we talk about the fact that you want to do more pulls than pushes pulls being things that you do that attract the person back to you. And for anybody who's listening for the first time on YouTube, wondering what in the world are they talking about? We do recommend that they go to marriagehelper.com, our website under many articles and, and videos, et cetera. Also to subscribe here on youtube.com to marriage mm-hmm. helper. And so when we say, okay, you're trying to do as many pulls as possible and avoid as many pushes as possible. Understand Sarah, that sometimes pushes need to be done. For example, telling a person, uh, I, I will not tolerate you being disrespectful to me. That's actually the thing you do for your own benefit so that you don't feel that you're useless, that you're unlovely or unlovable, those kinds of things. And so sometimes you actually have to do things that the other person will see as a push. For example, you said you're a stay-at-home mom and you need financial support. Mm -hmm. Well, if you do that financial support, if you say, I'm going to have to have this, might he accept and might he hear that as a push? The answer is yes. But is it mm-hmm. worth doing? Is there a good reason for it? Well, if you're going to keep your kids fed and clothed and housed and you the same, right? there's a good reason to do that. And so we're not saying don't do any pushes. We're saying that if you do a push, 
that you know might push him or her away. If you do a push, do it for a good reason where that what you're getting in return you really need. And understand that even if he reacts negatively, immensely, it does not mean uh-huh. that the marriage is over. And there's still some of the things on the, on the line. My opinion is this. When the, when the abandoning spouse, in this case your husband, can treat the other disrespectfully and get away with it, mm. it actually diminishes the likelihood that you can put the marriage back together because they lose all respect for you. Mm. When you say, no, no, you can't talk to me like that. You can't treat me like that. And we do need money. And you're being calm. You're being gentle. You're not being mean and arguing, mm. but you're being just a reasonable human being. Now, while they re- might react in the short term very negatively to that, in the long term, mm. I think it actually builds respect. Like, she's not going to let me treat her as if she, as if she has no value. And, and I think that even though you may have a, an immediate negative effect from that, I think it actually is a good thing in the long run. Would you agree with that, Kimberly? I would agree. Sarah, are you typically the kind of person that doesn't like conflict and shies away from it? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I always kind of want to work through things, and I don't like it if he's upset or, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that you feel like you're walking on eggshells. So it might feel against your nature to do this because you you don't want to make him angry or push him, like you said, further away. Um, I don't know at this point if he's gone, if he's not giving you money that you need to live, if he's filed for divorce, that there's really anything you can do that's going to make it much worse. In fact, uh-huh. um, I, mean, I understand your fear of, well, what if it just pushes him away from even wanting to come back and work on the marriage? But at this yeah. point... You have four kids to think about yeah. and to consider, and that's huge, and you understand that as a mom. And so put, I would start putting that for, that need first. Um, and, again, you're not doing it to be evil, to be mean, to push him away in that way. You're doing it because it's what's best for your family. And just like Joe said, over time, it's going to build respect, which is what you want in the long term, especially when your marriage comes back together, you want it to be one, like we said earlier in the program, where there's mutual respect, you're treating each other in that way. And this is just building a foundation for that for later. Okay. And we're going to go now all the way to North Carolina over to Rich. Hi, Rich. How may we help you today? Hi, Joe. Hi, Kim. Um, you can help me by uh, helping me figure out um, my, a little bit about my situation. A month ago, she left unexpectedly. Uh, she mm-hmm. moved an hour and a half away to her niece where we used to live, uh, mm-hmm. who, when we did live there, was leaning on us quite heavily uh, for babysitting and whatnot and was quite angry when we, we moved up here an hour and a half away. Uh, and I had approached her when we had a little bump, uh, which we would really never had before, seeking you know, sort of help from the family. And she came up here and, and pushed her wife out uh, to a bar. Um, um, basically um, came home pretty drunk and whatnot. Then a week later, we had another bump because I found out she had opened up a bank account separate to ours. Um, mm. uh, by that, with with my, you know, with the niece, and uh, the bank had told me about it. Said it wasn't illegal, but kind of unethical. So I approached her on it, my my wife on it, and she said, "Well, she denied it, denied it, denied it, then gave in," and I got a little upset. I didn't scream or anything. I'm a very passive person. And uh, I I said, you know, well, that's sort of, that's it. And that was a trigger. And she had already packed up, you know, stuff and moved out before. 
and stayed with her niece uh, a night or two. But this time, she had obviously packed up a whole lot more stuff and basically moved out. It's been over a month. Now, she does call me every day, almost. Matter of fact, she just tried to call me while I was talking to you. Um, mm. But um, I had to do some, some push behaviors last night because um, my, our lease was up here. We had applied for, for an apartment up, up north. And I was like, well, what are we going to do? And she got really upset, and she got uh, uh, told me some things that I that she was upset about that I wasn't aware about. So, I, I, and really, well, that's just some some you know what's going on. But what I'm concerned about is her family, her sisters, who are really all against me. Never really liked me because I'm a successful business owner. Blah blah blah. We go on cruises, we do things. But um, uh, is it worth? I mean, I love her to death. I, I mean, you have no idea. And I know she loves me too, but she's be really being influenced greatly by her 30-year-old niece because her 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 sister and, her, well, my wife's sister, the niece's mother, was murdered by her boyfriend. And I'm getting oh. sort of framed mm. that I'm abusing and controlling my wife, and I'm not. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm not. Um but anyway, the question is, should I hang in there, use, um, you know, the pies and smart contact, which I've been doing, which has been working, and continue with, you know, my wife? I'd love to bring her to your, your um, you know, your forums mm-hmm. that you hunt, that you have, uh, and really fix this once and for all. But from what you just heard is is there is there a good chance here or not quick question you said she calls you every day what does she talk about we just talk about you know she has one of the cats we'll talk about that i went to you know i went to see my mom today and the mom hates me and everybody knows and i okay. and i told her so I said, look not, i said she's not just talking God, business you're actually having conversations is that right yes yes sir yes mm-hmm. good conversations good. we We've even had some really, excuse me, <laughs> really good belly laps in there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my question so, to you, my friend. Since you yes, love sir. her that deeply, and, you, and I, yes, I believe sir. it. I believe you love her that deeply. I can hear the pain in your voice. Since you yes, love her that deeply, and you're still on a daily basis having conversations with each other where you just visit. It's not about business. You're actually just talking to each other. Yes, I realize that there's a big barrier there. I mean, when a family is against you, it is a big barrier. There mm-hmm. is no doubt. Yes, sir. But, but why would you give up if you love her this much? Are you really thinking that her family is so powerful that they'll kill her love for you? Do you think they're that strong? Well, they've, they've done a pretty damn good job up to this point. They, I called for help, and she came and took her away from me. And now they moved yeah. her from where she is an hour and a half away to, up north to Philadelphia, staying with the other niece, and, well, and, and they she's babysitting doing, up there. Yeah, they're obviously yeah. doing some pretty bad things, and I'm not hate yes, for doing that. But if yes, she's sir. talking to you every day, if you're willing to go through this pain and keep these conversations with her, then then there is still hope if you're mm-hmm. having those kind of conversations. Obviously, she loves me. Up. She loves me deeply. I'm telling you, I, okay. I know she does. Then why would you give up, my friend? I realize you've got a big oh. obstacle. Why would you give up? Well, I just want a little, guys. I guess some reassurance from professionals like yourself that it is worth it because it's hard. 
It's very, mm-hmm. very, very hard to, to, oh, to carry this pain all the time. It's I not really a question of really do I want to, is it worth it? It's just very, very painful. It's I know it's unbelievable. Painful. I understand that, and I hate that it's so painful for you. I really do. But if you keep doing the things that you're doing, I hope that that can overpower and overcome what her family is trying to do. And you say that you really love her. You say that she really loves you. Well, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then then there's still hope. Absolutely. And it's situations like that where someone's saying, I'm looking for reassurance. There's these things that are coming up, but things are moving overall in a good direction. I think coaching would be great for that too. The coaching that we offer here at Marriage Helper, just to have that person who can help you with the road bumps, help you in keeping your momentum and keeping your stamina and keeping your hope up for it would be a great option for situations like that as well. We have great coaches, mm-hmm. awesome coaches. And so uh, you can find out about that by calling our office. I think, uh, Absolutely. I think we just have the number on the screen there. And for those who are listening mm-hmm. by blog talk, that's uh, 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. Mm-hmm. And our client representatives can help you line up uh, some time to talk with one of our coaches there. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to go to Pennsylvania to Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Are you with us? Hello. Hello. Um, do you I've have us on the speakerphone, um, Nicole? Do you have us on the speakerphone? No, I do not. Wow. No. <laughs> then that's some kind of interesting phone you have there, my friend. All right, how may we help you okay. today? Um, okay. I was actually in a stairwell. I can move out if that sounds ah. good. Yeah. I knew um, it was an echoey location. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had asked the screener about that. Um, but anyway. Um, I have been familiar with the program for um, a few months. Um, disclosure happened about a couple months ago. And um, so I started working on pies. Um, I'm working uh, one of those coaches, Amber, um, mm-hmm. would like to start the 12-week program. Um, but because of financial obligations, um, I have just been watching the videos for this podcast. I'm part of the Facebook group. and. It's been so supportive, and I'm so appreciative of, of all the information that's offered, uh, even just for free. Um, so I've been working on pies, and um, this is part of my question is, in working um, on myself and uh, things like emotional stability and um, creating that safe place for my husband to disclose and talk, um, he's been in in a limerent, uh, you know, wildly romantic, I love you, loves this other woman, wants out of our seven-year marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been standing for it. And um, so he spent a, a, his first few nights over her house. Uh, we have a seven-year-old, or excuse me, eight-year-old daughter. And uh, for the first time, uh, last Saturday night, I said, um, I texted him. I was... Uh, you know, out car shopping, um, which he was helping me with, which was great. Um, I said, I would like to go out tonight for a few hours. I hadn't been out of the house in three months. I've been cooped up Mm -hmm. every weekend in the house, taking care of our daughter, his Mm -hmm. son from a previous marriage while he's out. And um, Mm -hmm. he said, oh, well, I was going to go for a ride after work. um, And I have plans with, 
the other woman. And I, for the first time, kind of put my foot down and I said, but I would like to go out. He offered mm-hmm. to pay for a babysitter and I went out. So with the support mm-hmm. of the Facebook group, I, I love these people. They said, yay, go for it. Enjoy yourself. And I, I did to the best of my ability. He didn't come home that night and I just had to be okay with it. I've been doing stuff around the house, uh, cleaning, projects, even things that he would normally do. I'm trying to hold the house together. Mowed the lawn. Mm-hmm. I asked a neighbor for a ladder, cleaned out the gutters, and I was quite mm-hmm. proud of myself and felt very accomplished. Um, so that part's been good. It's actually been very peaceful while he's away. Okay. Um, and, and how, how can so, we help you today? What is the question? Well, what happened is, 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 is he, had, he said he's ready for divorce. Uh, last week, uh, it was the first time he had said the D word. He had said he mm-hmm. wanted out. Now he's pushing it. And mm-hmm. I got a text this morning from him after he came home at 4.30 in the morning to put our daughter in camp. He texts me. Uh, and mind you, he was very proud. He was happy, thankful of all that I had done around the house. He was over right. and over again thankful. Mm-hmm. Is it, and he said, we need to talk in person, not over the phone. And I just said, okay. okay. All right. Is it possible so, that those mm-hmm. working on myself, um, showing that I can still have a life and do things for myself, I'm not dependent on him is kind of what mm-hmm. I'm showing, um, mm-hmm. that I can be emotionally stable, that, yes, he has mm-hmm. pushed my buttons a few times, made some mistakes, but that I recover. Right. Right. Nicole, I'm, is I'm not understanding Is that possible that it actually pushes him away? Okay, is that what you're asking like us, that doing feels, those things? Yeah, like it feels away? like maybe he sees that he, I don't need him, so he really wants out, or is it more guilt, shame, and adequacy that he's not doing it, he's not there, and I'm having okay. to do it? Of course, you understand that we would not be able to tell you one way or the other whether it's what's motivating him because we don't know him. If we knew him, we could ask him the question of what are you feeling, what's your motivation, and maybe he would tell us. But when we're speculating about it, obviously it's a speculation. But we get the question a lot, Kimberly, when Mm -hmm. people are saying, okay, I'm improving. And for those that have not been with us before because you're joining us for the first time on YouTube, when you hear people talking about things like pies, we talk about physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. That's what the PI stands for. And you become the best person that you can possibly be. And so we often get asked this question, don't we? It's like, we I'm improving my pies. I'm yeah. improving myself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. Would that possibly push my spouse away? And how do you answer that? You know, Joe, the first question that I ask back is, okay, if it were, then would you stop? Like, would you want to be not the best version of yourself just in order to keep your spouse around? Because what the underlying premise of the pies is you don't do them just to get something from. You don't do it just to get your spouse back, to bring them back. That's a side benefit. You do your pies because it is the best thing that you can do for you. It's you becoming the best version of yourself, living getting the full extent of everything that is in store for you in life. I mean, that is the purpose of the pies. And so to me, if I were to have that choice of either I do my pies and I am the best version of me, or I don't, and that's going to be what keeps my husband around, then there's something else wrong with the marriage Mm -hmm. because it should be that I'm able to work on my pies to do these things, to be confident, to be independent and that 
that that my marriage ends up working too. So, I mean, my advice to you would be don't not work on your pies because you're scared that your husband is seeing that and it's pushing him away. I, I highly doubt that that's happening. I mean, it could be, but it's just, do you want that? Do you want it to be to where you have to be more dependent on him so that he'll stay? Because it's still a tactic to try and get them to stay. Right. And to say something like, okay, I've been more in the grass. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And should I stop doing those things because he thinks I don't need him? I think that you're always coming across, as my opinion, you're always coming across much better when you can show I can live without you. Mm-hmm. That actually makes you more attractive. It's when it's, like, oh, my yeah. goodness, I can't do these things unless you are here. That actually becomes less attractive. That it becomes does. a push. It does. It typically ends up pushing the other person away when they feel like they're suffocated, they're trapped, they have to do everything for you. That is what typically people look at and they either stop respecting you, they stop being attracted to that. And I'm not saying that this is the deal for the caller that we're speaking to, but just in general, that is that is typically what happens. So while it may seem, and what could be happening, and of course we don't know the situation, but it could be that when people start working on their pies and they're becoming this confident, independent person, that their spouse is taken aback. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what's happening. They right. don't know if it's real or not. They, I right. mean, it's just confusing to them. But over time, it's the best thing you can do for yourself and the best thing you can do for your marriage. Over time, it's a win-win. But you can't, going back to defining success, if you're defining the success of working on your pies of, is it bringing my husband back to me? then you're never going to have a sustainable goal. You're never going to meet that goal because that's an external circumstance that you can't control. You work on your pies to become the best version of you. That is the first and foremost reason that you do it. It just is. Right. And if you're judging it based on how your spouse is reacting, you will not consistently do it. That's absolutely true. Yep. You'll think, oh, he's responding well. I'll keep doing this. Oh, mm-hmm. no, he's not responding. I'll give up. And yet working on physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, you becoming the best that you can be, that's important no matter what, whether your spouse comes back or not. It is. And if you think about it in the sense of, let's say you just started dating someone. And if there was something that you did that you enjoyed that, that was part of you that that person didn't like, you wouldn't change you Mm -hmm. in that instance. And so the same with the pies, you do the things that are the best, that make you the better version, the best version of you that you can be. And that's, that's the goal. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then we're moving over to Tennessee. Whoops. I'll press that button one more time. Right here in Tennessee. Okay. You're in Tennessee talking to Christy. Hi, Christy. How may we help you today? Hi, Joe. How are you today? I can't believe it. I'm doing well. Sounds like you've got a group of people there. Uh, yeah, my uh, mother just walked in, and my little girl is here with me. Um, the, the question I have, um, I'll give you a quick rundown of uh, my situation. Uh, I found out my husband was cheating on me in November of last year, and um, he continued the affair with the woman um, even after I knew it up until February of this year. And... It's been very painful. We've been married almost 20 years together, almost mm-hmm. 21. And we have three kids, uh, age 5, 14, and 13. Mm-hmm. And I did everything I could. I, I found you guys early, and I just really worked on my pies. And, you know, I recently found a job. I started Monday. 
you know, trying to keep smart contact with him. And he never left. You know, he threatened it several times. And it's it's painful because this is the second time around for us. Hmm. Um, he cheated on me hmm. uh, back in 2004 when I was pregnant with my uh, oldest son. And hmm. it was due to the fact that he thought that I had cheated on him. And I had, but I had never revealed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, I had not revealed it at the time. And mm-hmm. um, I revealed that to him probably several years ago. Um, I think it was in 2010. Um, he was very angry when he found out and mm-hmm. he lashed out really bad. And mm-hmm. now dealing with this the second time around, it's hard for me to talk to him because when I do, he, I'm not going to say he throws it in my face, but he references, I understand how you feel you did it to me. You know, oh, we're not keeping score. You know, little things like mm-hmm. that kind of digs at me. Like last night, mm-hmm. he made the comment when I lashed out at him that you started it. Mm-hmm. I understand how you feel, but you started this. And so it's like mm-hmm. he's here, and but he's, I feel like he's not making any progress to try to continue our relationship like it should be. I wonder if he's just here for the kids. And when I ask him that, he says, no, that's not why. But, you know, it's just, it's so much. And I just don't know how to communicate with him. Okay. Did I understand? To try to get my feelings out. Mm -hmm. But but I understand that you said when you were trying to get your feelings out last night, that you lashed out at him. Is that what you said? I did. I did. I was angry because I, we are in a motorcycle club together and this woman was part of that club. And when okay. we go to events, oh, a lot of times oh, here's my she's question. there. Here's my question, though. If if you're trying to tell him what you feel by doing it angrily, like attacking him, then do you think that's the best way, the, mes- the best methodology, no. if you will? Okay. It's and not. so what percentage of the time when you try to tell him what you feel, is it where your anger comes through? Is that 10% of the time, not, 90% of the time? No, it's 10%. It's not often. Last night I was just, I was angry. I don't know why. Okay. I guess it's because I need to get my feelings out. And I don't know how because it's, it seems like he dismisses mm-hmm. it when I do try to have just a conversation. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like so he, when you do you that. Know, when, I apolo- when I apologized, like when I apologized for lashing out, the beginning of the conversation was about our son and his homework and how it got into that. I, I don't quite know. I was just angry. And so mm-hmm. instead of referencing when I said, I'm sorry, he just went off into the fact of my son and how it made him feel with our son with what I said, but he never said anything about the things that was said about the affair. It, okay. it feels like there's no room. Oh, I pressed that wrong button there. I'm sorry. It feels like what? Uh, that's okay. It feels like there's no remorse and there's no, like he's just like, because when he, he makes comments like, you know, I just really wish you would just, you know, just, you know, just forget about it. It's over. It's done. I'm not doing it anymore. You know, okay. can we just live our life? All right. So my question then is this. You have let him know how hurt you are. He has let you know how hurt he was back in the past. Why is it that yes. you want to keep bringing it up to him if he already has acknowledged that, that he was wrong and those kinds of things? Because I feel the reason why is because I feel like he's just not – He's not trying as far as 
emotionally. You know, everything is just, it's like a robot. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, it's so like, you've told him what you feel. Work, he, comes home. he has said that, he's, that he shouldn't have done it, that kind of thing, right? Correct? Yes. You've told him what you yes. feel, and he has acknowledged it. But what I hear you saying is because you don't think he feels what you want him to feel, that you're going to keep doing it until he feels that. Is that correct? I guess that may be what it is. <laughs> Do you think that's a good strategy? It's not. Okay. It, it's just and so, it's hard for me to be happy. I'm trying to find a happy place, and I don't it's really you. hard. I mean, when you have that kind of pain, it is very hard. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But my suggestion yeah. to you is this. Since the fact that he knows that what he did was wrong, and since you have made that clear, maybe now, rather than trying to keep talking about that, the best thing to do is to move forward from that and go, okay, how can we build it from here? And I realize you want him to show more remorse. You want him to show more um, understanding of what you feel, and I don't blame you for that one iota. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. But it may be, since that's working against you, that perhaps what you should do is start working on, okay, how can we develop this into the future of what we need to have? Kimberly, am I saying that word that makes any sense at all? Yes. I think so. <laughs> Which means I'm not. So no, go ahead and no, I, it, it does. When I hear her talking, it just sounds like there hasn't been forgiveness really on either side. And there's, and that it, it, they're stuck mm-hmm. because they may have said the words, I forgive you, but clearly they're holding on mm-hmm. both of them mm-hmm. to the past. And so. And it's, and it's a, it's a human thing to say, I want you to feel my pain and I get that. It makes all the sense in the world and it definitely can help the forgiveness process happen when you, when the other person can communicate back to you, I understand how hurt you are. I feel that. And I'm so sorry that I hurt you that badly, but forgiveness you're saying can take place even if the other person doesn't do that. Yes. And you never know that the other person is going to feel the pain the way you feel it. And a lot of times people who have done the hurting shield themselves because they don't they feel so guilty they don't want to feel that pain and it's not because they don't have empathy but it's more so of I I can't let myself relive all of the hurt that I did I'm I can't let it affect me that way as deep as I can emotionally and so if you're using that as your guidepost of does it look like or does it feel like they feel the amount of pain I did it's never going to equate yeah because it's since well he said back to her, well, I understand what you feel because that's the way I felt. So he has tried at least to some degree, based mm-hmm. on what she said, to communicate that back. Yes, but she feels like he's throwing it back in her face. As opposed to as opposed, he yeah. understands exactly mm-hmm. how she feels. Right. Sometimes it, it actually can be an advantageous thing to do to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And then as you work on the future, you can find out if indeed they do that. Mm-hmm. Now, we realize that um, more people have joined us by YouTube that may not be familiar with some of the terminology we've been using. We talk about the pies and safe place and all those kinds of things. And so mm-hmm. most of the callers today are people so far who have been into our materials enough that they're actually using some of our inside words. And if you're out there listening and not having any knowledge about that, you're going, what in the heck are they talking about? Mm-hmm. If you go to our website, marriagehelper.com, you can read all kinds of articles there. There are free videos there. Or right here, if you subscribe to this YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, Marriage Helper, if you subscribe here, and then every time we come out with a new video, and how many, we're coming out with how many new ones per week now? Two. 
at least at least two per <laughs> at week. least two new ones a week the past two weeks joe has done two awesome videos about sexual rejections effect on a marriage so go ahead and subscribe you can see those there's one coming out in the next couple of weeks that we is a question we get all the time should i have sex with my spouse who has left me when we're separated do we still continue to have sex we get that question all the time joe's doing a youtube video on it i'm excited about it because we'll have a reference to send people to <laughs> Yes, we, we've already recorded that one, and, and yeah. so it'll be going up uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Going this up week. this week? This week, okay. Our producer says this week. And then we're mm-hmm. answering a couple more questions about sex. One is, when does my wife not want to have sex with me? Mm-hmm. And another is, when does my husband not want to have sex with me? Mm-hmm. And I'm actually answering that with information from uh, some research that I did mm-hmm. that are indicating why men. Well, anyway, it's going to get pretty interesting to do Subscribe. that. Subscribe. You'll get the <laughs> notification about when it goes live. And Kimberly mentioned earlier our coaches. If you would like to work with one of our coaches, then please call us at 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. And ask to speak to one of our client representatives. Now, Mm -hmm. they're not a hotline. That's not a counselor that you're going to talk to. They just help you uh, find the best resource that we can help you find to help you with whatever your particular situation is. Yeah, absolutely. We have online courses that a lot of people have joined and gotten into that has been amazing for them to work through the material. There's communities that go along with the courses that they, that they purchase. And so they have that community aspect, that support group that they really need, that they're really looking for. We have our workshop that we host here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. That is our three-day workshop that we're known internationally for. We've had this year so many international couples come to that workshop. Singapore, just last the last workshop that we did, which was really amazing. And then also we have our coaching that we offer, which our coaches are amazing. We work with people all over the world with that as well. And so we have, we have resources for you, no matter where you are in your marriage, whether you're getting engaged or you're going through a marriage crisis or you're reconciling or anywhere in between, then we have the ability and the resources to be able to help you to move to the next level of where you want to be in your marriage. Well, thank you for being on the program with us today. And thank you for being with us on the program. Yes. I was actually like, speaking me? to you. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, when you call, don't call her Kim. <laughs> you tried. You tried to stop that guy, but he was. Call her Kim. Okay. Thank you. And we shall see you about the same time next we'll Monday. We'll see you next Monday. Have a great week, you guys.